Welcome to the Western Sports FC podcast. The games have been pretty scarce of late, but we managed to get some in at the weekend. So stay tuned to discover how we got on. It's Thursday, the 5th of December, and with me in the comfort of the Arrow are Josh Payne and Jake Coombs. So, Josh, obviously uh, we're down at Wareham. We'd had a lot of rain in the previous few weeks, but this one had been dry. But it was, it was cold, and you were serving the last game of your suspension. Um, a cold, dry day. We're just pleased the game was on. Really, it's not. It's nice to actually. Well, I, I was going to say play a game. For us as a club, it's nice to play a game. It's nice to see a game as well. Um, but it's not on telly. Uh, so you had it, to travel all the way to Wareham to watch it. Travel all the way to Wareham. It was bitterly cold, and uh, the pitch from afar looked quite nice. And then you get up close, and it's a it's a bit of a bomb site, if I'm honest. I mean, historically, Wareham has been. Uh, well, it's always a difficult journey somehow, isn't it? You never, you never get an easy way down at Wareham. And our results down there the last few years have been uh, tricky. And like you say, with this, this sort of undulating pitch, doesn't it? It has bumps and lumps and moves in, in and around it. It's, it's always a difficult place to go. Yeah, over, over recent years, we've, we've, we've struggled against Wareham at their place. Not as much at home, but definitely away at Wareham's always, always been a bit of a, a, a hard-fought slog. But we started this game quite well, and we were dominating the play, dominating possession, dominating territory. Good, good start. Yeah. We, we, we were playing good football considering the pitch was in the state it was. If it was me as manager, I'd have just hit corners. <laughs> but we, we were actually playing some playing out from the back, playing balls across the pitch. Yeah, was, we play, we started well, started the better side. And the first chance came, and it was um, a cross from across from Tim Trevs who's playing sort of wide left into Louis Morgan up front and just couldn't quite get on the end of it yeah I it, that was actually a really good move it started at the right back ball got switched um, Dan Ewins got the ball moved forward gave the ball to Tim Tim put, whipped the ball in and uh, yeah Louis just threw his head at it didn't look far off, far off of it but yeah chances to come so promising promising and next, probably the probably the biggest chance so far. You know, Mal plays a lovely ball into Louis, who's sort of I don't want to call it clean through, but he does have a sort of one-on-one shot with the keeper, doesn't he? And he doesn't make the best of it. Yeah, the keeper held it really well. <laughs> yeah. So so he hit it hard. It's like a side foot, almost almost a one-on-one side foot, anywhere other than the keeper, and you probably score. But he's hit it straight at the keeper, and he's done well to hold it. In fairness, I mean, and we know obviously know the Wareham keeper is um, Chris Bennett. He played for us for. I'm not sure a season or maybe maybe two um, and we know that Chris makes some well breathtaking saves at times that's you know that's his absolute high spot isn't it really and so we knew he's capable of that sort of thing yeah, he played he played for us for a season didn't he and he uh, he was always a good shot stopper but he always had an had a mistake in him always okay and speaking of mistakes in him <laughs> <laughs> that possibly led to our first goal quite possibly I don't know what else would have led to it. <laughs> no. um, he sort of dallied on the ball and yeah. didn't clear it properly. He didn't clear his lines. And uh, Tim gambled. And in fairness to Tim, instead of just passing it away first time, he's, he's decided to cut back and take it round him again. Yeah, sort of sit him down. Sit him and down and <laughs> went round him and it's a yeah. good finish. And t- but yeah, 1-0. We were quite comfortable at the time. We were on top and it was coming. No, it was very calm and collected finish, wasn't it? Very, very, yeah. very good. Great finish. Yeah. Uh, and again, we, you know, the, the chances sort of continue to come. Really, um, Barrett put in Vossi, who sort of managed to sort of 
could get too much on it and drag it wide maybe yeah that was a weird one because that one looked like he was almost one on one with the keeper as well but he just dragged it across golden he I suppose he's going for the right areas um, yeah just wasn't wasn't the B and then pretty much well not pretty much actually last kick of the first half um, I can't remember who it was who got the shot in maybe from, from a corner was it Flem and Will Chris, oh Wills was it and uh, the keeper Chris Bennett made a great save hell of a save with his face yeah so ball got played in front post and I think I think Flem sort of helped it on at the front post and put it goal bound and it fell to Will in the middle of the mixer he's thrown his leg at it and it's Chris Bennett's come out and he's made two really good saves first one with his legs and then the second one he's thrown thrown his body in front of it it's hit him in the face and sort of knocked him out and then the refs called it half time from there Um, I mean it's it's a great save obviously to finish the half and, and from our point of view I guess We've gone through this half. We've dominated it really. They they maybe had one half chance somewhere through the half, and, mm. but it's only one nil. So, you know, not exactly where we felt we could have been from the performance we put in. No, definitely. The pitch is a leveler. <laughs> the pitch is definitely a leveler. Um, but as we said, Wareham's Wareham's a difficult place to go, especially in the winter time. Yeah, yeah, winter time, the wind, cold weather. Or summer when it's bumping bobbly, or <laughs> no, or any time. I prefer, <laughs> prefer to play in summer. Okay, and um, so then we had a sort of dealt a bit of a blow at half time as well. Johnny Manley sort of came out for the second half, but didn't quite start. It felt a hamstring, so it was, was substituted, and it led to um, uh, the unusual centre half pairing of Fleming Will Island. Yeah, it's a bit suspect. Will on the pitch is suspect in general, but um, no, John, Johnny was struggling. And he did the right thing to come off, I think, especially in a game like that, um, where we were quite comfortable. It was cold. And uh, Flem, I feel quite comfortable with at centre-half. And in fairness to Will, he came on and, well, he moved to centre-half and actually did quite a good job. Okay, and then... uh, So, actually, our second goal when it came, it came initially from one of the centre-halves. Flem bringing the ball out of the back. He did, yeah. He brought the ball... So I think we won the ball back in midfield and Barrett might have played a ball back to Flem. Flem's taken a touch and put, in fairness to Flem, a great ball down the line over the top of the back four. And yeah, it's happened from there. And he sort of dinked it over. Louis Morgan ran onto it. But I mean, let's, let's face it, his finish wasn't, wasn't a simple one from where he was. It was sort of like, was it 18 yards out on the angle of the corner, the edge of the corner box and chips the keeper? I mean... Yeah, the white Origi. <laughs> the white Origi. Um, no, it, it, it took... He took a good touch and then it bounced up and he just saw it, saw it on the bounce over the keeper's head. Uh, sort of bounced into the top corner as well, so quite a nice little finish. It's a lovely lovely ball over the top and a lovely, absolutely outstanding finish really from Louis, so that was really good. And literally five minutes later, uh, we got a third and probably put the game to bed. And again, it sort of stems from a centre-half, Will Island taking a free kick. <laughs> I mean, that's not words you'd expect to hear in the same sentence, I know. I don't really understand what happened and why he was taking it. But all I know is he whipped the ball in the box. Steve, I think he almost nodded it down. He nodded it goalwards and it just fell to Louis in the box. And in front of goal, he's just absolutely thumped it. That's his brace. Yeah, and we managed, Louis managed one final effort on goal, really, sort of um, coming in from the left and smashing it across, but made a good keeper made a good save again and went out for a corner and, and for him that was his last opportunity for a hat-trick of hat-tricks which would have been quite some achievement it would have been but I'm glad he didn't do it <laughs> yeah we won so it doesn't matter and we had a, a couple of young lads who made the debut Dan Ewan's uh, starting who's obviously 
come through our youth section our under 18s and been in the reserves uh, and started and um, and Morley Gold is also uh, now playing for under 18s he's only 16 playing for the reserves and he came on as well to make his JV so it's good to see sort of this breeding ground you know of, of youth players still coming through it just proves it works at every level doesn't it I think so if you, if you give the youth a chance and like like Jake has and the resis and managers have before him these players will progress so yeah they played well Dan had a great game at left back um, Morley was strong up front yeah it was just an all round good performance from us I think considering the environment and Alan gave his man of the match to uh, Barrett and that was very well deserved wasn't it he's unreal at the moment well I was going to say at the moment but he's just unreal he's very good very very good he had a great game Okay, so other results in the DPL at the weekend. Blandford 3, Bolton 0 was possibly the one that stands out as a, um, maybe a shock of some sort. Parley beat Sherbourne 5-1. Dort Sports and Bridport shared six goals in a three-all draw. Gillingham thrashed Corfe Castle 8-1. Corfe Castle are our next opponents. And um, that's been a bit unusual because Corfe have been having some very good results. So we sort of suspect that one's some sort of anomaly. Uh, and in another round, in the same round of the cup that we played in uh, Hanworthy Rec, beat Murley Cobham 2-1. Yeah. Uh, so I guess it's good for us that one of those two teams goes out. Uh, Jake, onto the reserves. Uh, you're playing Bemister. We know what Bemister are like. It's always a difficult game. You know you're going to have to get in for a fight and a battle. You know they're going to pull in every ringer under the sun they've got. And it's your first match in several weeks. With all that in mind, how are we feeling going into it? Um, yeah, exactly like I just said, Phil. Ringers everywhere. I looked at their team sheet from a couple of weeks ago and they had a couple of Melksham players playing for them. So I was slightly concerned. But the first thing that me and Plimps did do when we got the team sheet was have a look and see who we knew. Um, and obviously Luke Peter was the only one we did know um, we'll see more about that as we chat um, so yeah we, we, I'm always confident that the, the lads can give anyone a game um, but like you said a, a battle and a physical a physical game is what that was certainly going to be and you started the game pretty well strong in midfield and you know getting hold of the game yeah we did we started really really well to be honest um, like I said in the match report we sort of we, we haven't played for five weeks the fitness probably wasn't is where it has been for before that so I just said to obviously at the front three of Dwayne Stobsey and um, Sam Fuller we don't need to go and press the centre back so I doubt they were good enough to play through us to be honest and that was evident because we didn't sort of start pressing until they just got to the halfway line and they were just knocking it long in, in Bert and Todd the two centre halves were winning it every time so yeah it was a good start Matt Phillips who we'll talk about a bit more in a minute got control of the midfield straight away and it was really really bright first sort of 20 minutes excellent it didn't take you well in the grand scheme of things 15 minutes in it didn't take us too long to to get a goal and you know Sam Fuller with a put us one to nut yeah we, like I said we started really really well um, Dwayne was a, a great presence up front obviously he's a fit strong lad and he can certainly finish was a bit rusty but he hasn't played for, for nearly 10 weeks now so I've got no issue with that but he was really good at holding the ball up and, and allowing Stobbsy and, and Sam for to join in with him. And to be fair to Sam, he's been superb the last month. Been really, really impressed with him. And yeah, he's cut inside. He's had a, a shot of the weaker foot. I don't know how it's ended up in the back of the net because he sort of turned away thinking I'll oh, keep it safe here. But it didn't. It was probably deserved to be honest. We hadn't had a great deal of luck this year, but I was certainly going to take that. So yeah, one nil up and, and a good start. Excellent good start. So um, I mean, but you know, Bemister are a good side in there, and, and obviously they responded to that and sort of got back in the game. Josh called into action a few times. 
Yeah, he was. Yeah, I mean, we brought Josh in from from Gillingham Donhead, um, and he's been superb. The lads love him. He's a great shot stopper. His distribution spot on. He's a good talker from the back. And straight away, Bedminster, like you said, they're a good side. They're not sort of mid-table for nothing and they'll always give you a game you'll never walk all over them and yeah they had a couple of chances and saves that I'd expect Josh to make but he dealt with them really well and after this pressure they put on obviously we, we sort of dealt with it either by just defending well or Josh making the, the odd save here and there and, and but eventually we you know we are attacking we put pressure on them and the pressure forces forces a mistake and another goal yeah we, we put a big emphasis on picking our moments to, to when to press and make sure that Dwayne doesn't do it on his own and I think um, their second midfielder dropped deep to get the ball and all of the front three were on him instantly didn't have time to turn they've robbed him a f- few intricate passes and Dwayne's in and he, he's rounded the keeper sat him down and, and rolled it in for 2-0 so a fantastic start 25 minutes in yeah and a, and a great place to be in uh, 25 minutes up 2-0 against Bermister it's, uh, it's all good and, and obviously things are going well at this point and uh, you know we could have had possibly more maybe if things fell our way but you know p- potentially here we've got Goal number three, Liam Stobbs at his absolute best. Uh, I don't think I'm ever. Well, for the most part, <laughs> I'm not going to forget this all year. Um, he's cut. He's, he's obviously that left hand side. He's made his own this year. Um, he's cut inside. I think he's gone past four, four of them at least. We even in and out of them. He's actually sat the keeper down by sort of faking the shot. And I said to Plymouth, "What a goal this is going to be!" And he's put it three yards wide <laughs> from like seven yards out. I was heartbroken. <laughs> um, but yeah, chat, the the good thing is, is we, we created so many chances. We looked like scoring every time we went forward. Um, but two 0 was always, always a dangerous scoreline, as we're going to find out. Um, but yeah, the the positive thing for us is, every, like I said, every time we went forward, we did look incredibly dangerous. And you know that possibly could have put the game out of sight, but fair play to Bevanster. You're two 0 down away from home. They don't give up, they keep coming and they pull one back and it's a nice goal. Yeah, deservedly so to be honest. I think once we got to 2-0, we become a little bit complacent. A few times this season we've sort of got to a 2-0 lead and maybe stopped doing what we're so good at. Um, and then to, to be fairness, they're a very good goal. I think one of their players has cut our back four open with a really, really good sort of 30, 40 yard pass in beyond the defence. No strikers finished first time on the bounce. Josh doesn't even bother because he's gone straight in the top corner. And I tell you, and I said, can't do much about that. That's a good goal, and deservedly so back in the game. And this sort of led to a little spell of domination from them as they obviously pushed for an equaliser, and and it did come from a corner. It did. It was coming. Uh, I couldn't. We couldn't argue it at all. Um, that goal wobbled us a little bit for 15, 20 minutes, and we were sort of penned in our own area. We were defending well. It didn't look like we were going to score. But they had a lot of the ball, and we we couldn't really get out. If it was being cleared, it wouldn't really go in towards the front three. It was just back to them and we'll start again. Um, they've won a corner. It's been whipped in a front post and the, whatever player has won it is up and over Josh in, in the corner of the net for 2-2. So, yeah, not, not great. And at this point, a fair scoreline? Yeah, definitely. I, th- I think you'd ask any of the lads, they deserve, Bemister deserve to get back in the game at 2-2. Um, we, we'd gone off it for 20 minutes and they, they sort of punished us, really. But at this point, you, you know, you've, you've seen teams in the past at this point lose a two-goal lead, uh, they can drop their heads, they can go out of the game, but we respond pretty well and we respond well before half-time. It was a good kick up the ass, to be honest. Going 2-2, I think I didn't need to say too much, but suddenly then we've got... Bert has obviously been superb the last two weeks and you've got the boys going again, along with Phillips and Sweeter in midfield. Um, and we start to control it again. And then obviously, like you said, we'll talk about it in a second, we took the lead again and it was probably well-deserved, to be honest. And it's uh, Dwayne causing havoc that leads to the goal? It is. It's... Um, 
the good thing about Dwayne, he can come short and he can go behind, and that really troubled their, their two centre-backs because they weren't the strongest and they weren't the quickest, and Dwayne's a bit of both. So it, it was nice to have him back on the side. And he's gone through, he's effectively threw on goal, and um, their centre-half has dived at the ball and basically picked it up. <laughs> like no no exaggeration that's exactly what he's done I, I was I couldn't believe what I was seeing I mean we, we'd technically call that denying a goal scoring opportunity wouldn't we should have been a red card should it well if, if, at least he didn't get anything for it and I'd say and I said to Gordy yeah I'd say and I said to Gordy what is that <laughs> and Gordy said to me what is my defender doing and I said well you tell me mate I don't know um, yeah I mean we won't talk too much about the ref because he didn't have a great game for three either side to be honest um, but yeah he's, he's basically put the ball up it's like you said yourself it was, it's a clear goal it's going to put you Dwayne's in he's on the edge of the box and he's not booked him but obviously luckily we've got a, a man in midfield with a nice left foot yeah so uh, Sweet steps up to take the free kick he does um, he'd taken three previous ones and none of them had beaten the first man <laughs> so I'd actually said to Plimch should we change it and let someone else have it and to be fair to me, he said to me, I'll let him have one more. So I shouted across to Sweet and said, it's got to be on the money. Um, and it rippled in the bracket around the top corner. So yeah, it was on the money and that was us 3-2 just before half time. So going in at 3-2, topsy-turvy two, half first half. We've been 2-0 up, we've been pegged back to 2-all. You know, your team talk has then changed in the last minute again as we've taken the lead. I mean, what's, what's the message at half time? It was just to, to go back to, to what we were doing well. Uh, the first 25 minutes, that shape, were um, not really a defensive style, but that 4-5-1 off the ball was working because they couldn't break us down. They weren't playing through us. Everything was over the top in the back four, dealing with us superbly. I mean, Pete Park was in for his Resi's debut at right back, and he was their best player was probably left winger, and Pete was dealing with him no issue at all. So I just said to the lads that get control of the game again, and I had no doubt that we'd go on and win that, to be honest. However, the second half starts and we probably didn't have control of it. They were sort of knocking it forward. I mean, we were dealing with their attacks maybe, but we probably didn't have control of the game from the sound of it. No, it was, it was a. It sort of went a bit dead for 20 minutes. Like we, we were sat, sat quite deep, but they, like you said, they were knocking on the door, but they weren't creating too much and it, and it went really flat, 15, 20 minutes, and it looked like we, we were starting to look a bit tired. They were looking a bit tired, plus it would become a misplaced. So yeah, the 20 minutes of the second half sort of just floated by really. Uh, and then Bemister managed to find an equaliser, uh, sort of caught us on the break really, and, and slotted home. Yeah, it was. Um, they caught us on the break. Um, in obviously their danger man was Luke in the middle of the park. And to be fair to him, he's, he's gone around Bert, he's gone around Todd, and he, he slotted it with his weaker foot superbly. Good finish. Probably could have been avoided, but you just got to take your hat off to that. Sometimes it's a good goal. Um, probably deserved just about to be honest like I said it got a bit flat but they were knocking on the door so and again it's all about how you sort of react to adversity and, and deal with it and we responded responded well and it's Liam Stobbs causing problems again yeah Stobbs he did everything but a score Saturday absolutely superb to be fair to him um, and the character again so the ball gets picked out the net it's, uh, no head drop just we go again and we go and get the winner obviously there was a little bit of disgruntlement on the sideline um, which you won't discuss too much. Obviously, that's what you get when you play a side like that. Um, but I think there couldn't have been no more than 10, 15 left. Um, Stobbsy's beat his man, he's cut inside, and his legs have just been wiped out. It's a clear penalty. Um, their linesman had tried to tell the ref that it was outside the box, but I could see from the dugout it's, it's not. Um, and Dwayne stepped up confidently. I always organise that before a game. So Dwayne knew he was on penalties. He, he's given it the eye, set the keeper the wrong way, and to be honest we probably deserve a 4-3 up then and 
we then got the last 10 minutes to see out and we did so reasonably comfortably which is a you know good stakes you think they've they'd be knocking on the door really did it with ease I was really, really impressed with our game management then um, the character from the lads as well a lot of young lads on that side that have progressed really really well um, it turned into a bit of a physical battle to be honest uh, not some nasty tackles but some physical tackles flying around a few late ones a lot of frustration boiling over from them and we dealt with it really well managed the game superbly Dwayne and um, Stobsey were really good outlets on the pace and holding the ball up um, Sweetie had to come off sort of the last 10 he's just been struggling with his groin Max Rowswell come on and was superb the right hand side nearly scored good save by the keeper lots of, lots of hard work so yeah really really pleasing performance Cracking result and uh, a few cracking performances but uh, Matty Phillips picking up the man of the match award I, I've honestly run out of how many times I've described this since Saturday um, I've never in my life seen a performance like that in a Dorset Senior League I'd not exaggerate, he didn't get the ball away for 90 minutes. Not one misplaced pass, and it was... Me and Kimber have had a discussion about where his best position is, and that is it. That number six is his role now. He'll That's... listen to this, and I don't think he has a best position. <laughs> <laughs> um, he, if we, he if we get his whole family to listen to this after what Jake said about him. <laughs> he just brought a, um, a real calm and influence. On the, we had Sweeter and Tom in front of him um, that were, were winning the ball back and doing sort of the, the hard-working... Matt just had time to, to pick his passes and he was superb, just mopping up, giving it simple. The old roof turning 30 yard diag, he had that I never knew he had in the locker, but I think he had no man of match votes from 13, so that says it all. Okay, so good result. Uh, a win against, <laughs> win against Bemis is always good. Uh, Paul Burrow uh, lead the way in the Dorset Senior League. They are top of the pile with 23 points from nine games. Um, they are two points ahead of Stone Marshall, who've played a game more. Uh, Mia are Oh, quickly working out of my head. Seven points behind, and they played two games less, so they can move into second. We are currently sat in fifth. Uh, we played eight games and 14 points, and there's potential to move up because there's a few teams ahead of us who've played 10 games, so they're there to be caught. Uh, the under 18s didn't play last Sunday, but the weekend before they played Axbridge at Alvington. Uh, Rory Thompson scored one uh, to put us up at half time, just the one. But then the second half became a bit easier. Rory notched his second, and along with goals with, uh, from Tom and Connor Sharp to complete a 4 0 victory. Right, Josh, also talking to you. Um, since since the last pod, one of the reasons we've we've had a bit of a gap is one weekend we didn't have a game due to the league representative game. Um, now in our in the in the league rep squad from our side, obviously you, Barrett, Manley, and Malik, um, which is you know nice to be well represented in that squad. It just says we're doing something quite right. And um, you had a nice little holiday in Guernsey. Was that the most exotic place you've ever been? Tell you what, it's a weird place. <laughs> Guernsey is a weird place. Um, but yeah, honestly, the trip was really, really good. It's a shame we didn't, we couldn't stay over there. It was such a rushed sort of day in the end. But yeah, the game itself couldn't be happier. We won somehow. <laughs> That's good. So I mean, obviously, we we knew the game would go ahead because um, although it rained a lot in the week beforehand, they had they had booked a three four G pitch, whatever it was, to make sure the game was on if the, if they couldn't go. But you did play on grass, and how was the pitch? Honestly, I don't. We we wouldn't have played in our league if the pitch was like that. We just wouldn't have. It was horrendous. The pitch was awful. Imagine someone's driven a tractor over Alvington. It was worse than that. 
I don't have to imagine one of the groundsmen did it a couple yeah, of years I ago. I remember that. I was here. But um, yeah, so they said they said to us that um, to bring both pairs of boots because they had a three G slash four G booked, and we just assumed we were going to be playing on that because when we got over there, it was hammering it down with rain, and we were like, right. And then we turned up, we saw the pitch from afar, and everything looked quite like a nice setup. And uh, you got onto the pitch, and you stepped on it, and you'd sink about two inches. So it was hideous. And Guernsey started very well. They were a good side, weren't they? And went 2-0 up. In fairness, <laughs> Guernsey were the better side the whole game. We had three shots and scored three goals. <laughs> that, but I don't think I've ever been on a domination, like been dominated so much by a side in my life. They were so good. We were chasing shadows for 90 minutes, but we defended quite well. And we were just a unit in the end and we just worked hard and Saxby had two chances and the second one he went one-on-one with the keeper and no look finished it. So looked the other way and finished it and I was like, oh my God, that's, that's incredible. And then our other friend from Merley, Cobham, Asa Phillips, buried a header and we were three-two up with two minutes to go. And according to local press, Josh, you, you managed to get on the score sheet for one, which I'm sure Nate Saxby's really pleased about. Not all heroes wear capes. <laughs> So you're 3-2 up with a not long to go out of, out of nowhere really after being 2-0 down and being dominated to a degree but they do manage to nick an equaliser and take it to extra time. Yeah, so in fairness their third goal was a hell of a goal so it was a long ball and Manly had eaten this guy up the whole game and the one time he gets in behind Johnny and heads it and it's gone in the bracket and you're just like oh crap. <laughs> but then seconds after that Sax went through one-on-one with their keeper went round the keeper and didn't shoot Oh. So he could have, he could have buried it for us, but um, no, he, he fancied the penalty shootout. Yeah, <laughs> he, he fancied the penalty shootout. In fairness, yeah. and it did go to penalties in the end. Extra time was scoreless, but but the conditions by this point were pretty horrendous. I, I, it's speechless. I'm actually speechless at how bad the pitch was. It was horrendous. I think anyone there, even their side, would like shocked it was being played. Should have played on the 14. Anyway, so it did go to penalties, and there was only one penalty missed, and that was by uh, a Guernsey player. Did you take one? Does that mean, just? No, no, no. No, I went on the pitch then. I can't ah, you come off. Yeah. Right, but the uh, the final penalty, the winning penalty, Malik steps up and talk us through it. So we I mean, he should have been here himself to talk about it tonight, by the way, but he's let us down. That's all right, I'll talk about it. He didn't want to take it, in fairness. So there wasn't. We were struggling to get five people that wanted to take penalties Adam Barrett was like nope I'm not taking one which I was happy with because I've seen him take penalties and they're <laughs> horrendous um, so we were like Mal you hit a good ball yeah, just yeah. hit it as hard as you can if you hit it as hard as you can he scored penalties for us I've sort of seen him take a penalty I've seen him take a penalty hit it as hard as he can and the keeper made an unbelievable save and I think that's the only penalty I've ever seen him have for us but yeah he smashed it as hard as he could sent the keeper the wrong way went in the back of the net Everyone goes by me sliding around the worst pitch in the, in the world, and then we have to get on a plane back to bloody. Yeah, and then all of a sudden you're late for the plane because it went to extra time and penalties. You've got to rush. There's no stopping around for sort of any sort of tucker, and you you've got to get home. And it's probably tired, hungry, but nonetheless quite happy. Yeah, fantastic. Um, we finished the game. I was already showered, fortunately, and then um, everyone else had to shower within five minutes. Get on the bus. We didn't have time for food, which they'd laid on for us. And we had to drive to the airport. Um, 
get all our stuff ready. The plane hadn't left because, bear in mind, there was about 30 of us and we took up most of the plane, so they sort of had to wait for us. <laughs> you were actually physically late for it? Yeah. And then, then we got there and we had to board pretty much instantly after we'd got a couple of pints from Duty Free. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, so got back to the UK and finally got back to Yeovil about half 11, maybe. Oh, no. Don't be stupid. About half, half nine, and then we went out in town. <laughs> and why wouldn't you? Um, and the next round's been drawn, and you're facing a Peterborough side. Um, we've we played Peterborough apparently once before, uh, beating them a few years ago, but that means nothing really. And the next round will be in, in February, so obviously looking forward to, to that match now. I am, because I played 90 minutes, and I hadn't played football for three months. <laughs> so... Hopefully, I might be relatively. You might have had a few more minutes by then. Hopefully, fingers crossed. But yeah, if we if you win this tournament, you get to play in Europe for a week. So yeah, absolutely, you do. Yeah, play in Spain for a week. Ten or twelve years ago, when I played in it, we lost in the semi-final. I think to Jersey Guernsey. We were one game away from the final at Villa Park, which is a bit disappointing. But you do you do get you do get to play in Europe if you win. So it's a great competition to be in. So. Okay, uh, just a couple of things. Some uh, the weekend's Premier League action then. Um, David Martin played in goal for West Ham, made his Premier League debut at the age of 33, went to, went to, went to uh, Stamford Bridge, kept a clean sheet at Stamford Bridge and afterwards was in the crowd crying with his dad. I mean, is it nice to see that football still means something to people rather than the money? Bit soft if you ask me, but fair play to him. Oh, yeah. He's a West Ham fan. If Rouse listens to this, he'll be buzzing. You know what he's like, avid West Ham, blowing bubbles and that. But Being I mean, a Chelsea fan, I hate the Irons. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, to be to be fair, I mean, he was replacing Roberto, and that's a it's a pretty low bar to have to to beat, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> he's probably the first choice keeper. <laughs> Jack Dick had played in goal for me once in pre-season, and he's better than West Ham's keeper. Yeah. Okay, and the other, I mean, there's a. Kevin De Bruyne scored a, a bit of a cracker at the weekend, didn't he, off the inside the bar? So, question is then: Is it better to score a goal that smashes the underside of the bar, cannons down, and then goes in the net, or is it better to score one that just nestles in the bracket? Oh, I don't know. I, you, can, you can both have you can have different answers. Jake, what's yours? I'm going nestles. There's nothing big, better than that. I'm Josh? a big fan of a pole driver that hits the post and then like goes a to- and oh, the other oh, rather than like a Tony Yaboa that smashes the bar in it. Like Vossies, Listen, yeah, I'm just happy to score. <laughs> I mean, the problem with yours, Jake, is with the stanchion is the way the goals are these days. They don't have stanchions or things, so it's difficult to find one that nestles in. Sweet as free kick. Sweet as free kick Saturday did it for me because it rolled around the back of the net. Yeah. That's not too bad then. That much curl on it. <laughs> okay, thank you all for listening. Weather permitting, we'll be back in action again this weekend. The first team hosts Corf Castle at Alvington. We played Corf in the final match of last season. It was a thrilling three-all draw. Get yourselves down to Alvington to see a repeat of that excitement for a two o'clock kickoff. Also, kicking off at two p.m. is the reserves, and they travel to AFC Blanford. On Sunday, there's more action at Alvington as the under-18s welcome Nailsea United in the res- in a reverse of the opening day fixtures of the season. This one is a 2.30 kickoff. We're available on Apple, Google, Spotify and all of good podcast providers. Please subscribe and give us a nice rating. If you'd like to get in touch with us, then please use the hashtag WFCPod. I'd like to thank Josh and Jake for their time this evening and wish all of our sides good luck this weekend. Thank you for listening. <laughs>